Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello. Hi, peoples. I am Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Side podcast. Welcome, welcome to week four. We made it to week four. I can't believe it's been a month and their wedding is just finishing. <laughs> <laughs> There's been some good Married at First Sight news lately. Last week, we talked about how Married at First Sight hadn't come to Houston yet, and I guess they were listening. Like two days later, they're like, oh, we're coming to Houston for season 13. Ask, believe, receive, man. Um, (laughs) Now I'm trying to think of every single person I know in Houston, and it's a pretty short list. (laughs) (laughs) That and like Married at First Sight was renewed for, I want to say, five more seasons. So, Tane, you think we'll still be here doing this in five more seasons? Uh, I don't know. This time last year, we didn't think there was a pandemic coming on. So I don't know. (laughs) I think everyone's lost the right to predict anything. And honestly, in interviews, they really need to stop asking, where do you think, where do you see yourself in five years? Because (laughs) coronavirus has changed the world as we know it. (laughs) My first thought was like, that's very optimistic of you to start trying to cast for a TV show. Like, have you started shooting Atlanta? (laughs) Uh, Have you figured out how to do that with the pandemic? But I will say, though, Married at First Sight has always been an optimistic show because a lot of us who started from the beginning really thought the show was going to get canceled because honestly, they didn't start having successes until lately. Yes, they have one from season one, but there was a huge lull. Domestic violence, restraining orders, people who hated each other. So honestly, and they just kept renewing it every year. It's been renewed and we're like, what? I mean, we're here for the train ride, but okay. So... We're in week four. We had another episode of Unfiltered. Uh, it was all right. It was Bennett, Henry, and Pastor Cal. What a combination. This, you know, once again, Unfiltered is a joke in that it's called Unfiltered. So these people can be very, very filtered about what they're saying. <laughs> Only notable things. Bennett's outfit was ridiculous, of course, because it was Bennett. <laughs> took me a little while to be like are those eyelets or polka dots full like it, i couldn't tell is it a suit is it one piece i think it was a shirt and some pants 
it was a lot. Uh, I will say that he was wearing an I Voted sticker, and Louisiana's primary was Saturday, July 11th? Is that right? I, I, I looked it up and it was July 11th, but then I'm like, Saturday? Who has a primary on a Saturday? If we're wondering when Unfiltered was, was filmed, that would be a good guess. And I'm guessing uh, it's still Zoom. Yeah, still Zoom. You're almost and- making me want to go on demand to go check and see what he was wearing that's the only reason to look at unfiltered is to see what bennett was wearing and there was discussions like he was very impressed with the bridesmaids the spectacle alone boded well for him i'm like of course it would for you that whole sideshow <laughs> henry was henry i'll leave that there uh <laughs> pastor cal referred to christina's behavior before the wedding when they watched it as diva-esque and he's like hope we hope you can remain respectful and kind even if you're stressed and left it there which is to say she did not remain respectful and kind because she was stressed and he is looking down upon her for it i mean there's only so much you can filter on unfiltered honestly i don't even know how they came up with that show and how they've maintained it for so long because they have to have many edits Maybe I'm trying to think of previous seasons. I think all of last season I didn't bother watching unfiltered, even though I probably should have to see what Brandon had to say for himself. But I'm not sure if he ever appeared on it. Um, <laughs> I doubt it. Well, the I- Matt and Amber season, we all wanted Matt. Like everybody wanted to ask him, like, dude, why were you hanging out to all hours of the morning when you're supposed to be married at first sight? That's true. I have a friend who texted me. She's just watching the old season. And she's like, she just doesn't understand Matt's behavior. Like, what did he get out of it? Her conclusion was just money, which makes sense. He was a broke basketball player because honestly, Married at First Sight is not necessarily like Taylor came on there for clout or to get quote unquote famous, but it was because it was her last resort. She tried everything else and it didn't work. But Married at First Sight is not necessarily the reality show you come on for that. So I can't, it's so hard to pinpoint what Matt's motive was because he came off like an asshole. So who's going to want to use you for endorsements? Like what exactly was his motive? I I still can't figure that out. I mean, a lot of people have been like, he was basically homeless. So he at least got a free place to live (laughs) for the two months they were shooting, but he wasn't staying there. Yeah, he wasn't. So he really, it's, it's so hard. To pinpoint what exactly is because it seems like he was cheating on her from the beginning. So, because right from the beginning, that's why the parents, whenever the parents don't show up, sometimes the parents knew he wasn't like, what a cock and bull story. He's like, they don't want to be part of it, and it just didn't ring true. So, he did yeah. not tell them whether or not that was the truth. <laughs> I don't know. But the other part, it wasn't just his parents, his siblings also would not show up. And he said at one point, anyway, we could spend like a whole show talking about Matt and his shenanigans. But I do want to go back to what you said about coming on the show to be an Instagram influencer. Yeah. Like I don't watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, but I've heard that like that is the way to go. If you want to be an Instagram influencer, getting on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, making it to almost the end, you are guaranteed to be selling your flat tummy tea in no time. Um, Can I caveat? Like, yes, it is, because most of them, I know a lot of people, Jade and Tanner, I want to say, I they all they do is do that. But honestly, most reality shows, that's pretty much all you do. Remember, I watched The Dregs also. It could be Are You The One? It could be any MTV show. You're guaranteed to get something on there. But Married at First Sight is just, I guess it's too serious. Even the ones on Temptation Island they do become influenced. Like, I feel any reality show is is a pathway. 
But married at first sight is just not, I don't know what you show. You're turning into be a responsible married person who doesn't do the bachelor. Even though they do that, a lot of them don't stay married. A lot of them don't get married. A lot of them graduate to bachelor in paradise. So you're still drinking, acting a fool, being crazy, playing it up for the cameras. But for married at first sight, you're pretty much just focused on a marriage. You don't get to see all that side and be wild and crazy. So it's just not a place, you know, I can't think of anyone who's come out of married at first sight. And Danielle from Danielle and Bobby is like, theoretically, she's a stay at home mom, but that's not true. She is an Instagram influencer. <laughs> but the only way to become an Instagram influencer on Married at First Sight, a show that is growing in popularity, so this could change, yes. is yes. if you're in one of the successful couples. Exactly. Like, I personally don't follow a lot of people from the show, and the few that I do follow are from successful couples. Ex- well, exactly. So that's why I'm saying what was Matt's motive. We've spent way too much time on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a plan, people, I promise. But this is what I'm saying. Like, he came on here. He didn't even act, try to act like the nice guy for eight weeks and then say, no, I don't want it. He just was a dick from the beginning. So I'm just like, this is always going to be a question mark for me. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I yeah. think sometimes when you're a bullshit artist like him, and you get really good at saying what people want to hear, there's a part of you that starts to believe it. I think for five whole minutes, he really thought he wanted to get married. He carried on through the whole charade, and then it just went too far, and he still kept on carrying on the charade, because apparently there are appearance these, and you get like a thousand bucks an episode, so if you quit midway through, that's like four grand gone or something. Maybe even more. And he was poor. (laughs) That's the only theory that I have. I don't know if it's true. That's my theory. Yeah. Terrible person, though, for still having sex with her. Okay. Before we move on, I'm the one who watches Couples Cam. And Couples Cam comes on on Thursday, so it's always like a week behind. But there was nothing really notable. All the couples are still happy. Danielle and Bobby are having their second kid. And then this episode, we find out that Anthony and Ashley are having their second kid. But it's becoming so highly produced. But, I mean, I'm still going to watch it, but it's becoming highly produced because Anthony made this big thing. Ashley told him she had a surprise for him. He's doing, like, a treasure hunt, looking through Amazon packages, trying to figure out what it is. And then it turned out that, you know, um, she was pregnant. So that was the highlight of it. Greg and Deanna. Deanna is on Greg to have a baby ASAP. Like, it's become her only focal point. They still make me smile because they're just so comfortable. But Greg just agreed to become a parent. So they're working on that. And they made that announcement to the rest of the couples. Um, Jamie and Elizabeth still make me cringe. I didn't mention this in the last episode, but they had a thing where they went to the beach and they were filming and a lady came behind and just kind of like um, photobombed them and just made a little dance. And to me, I think Elizabeth was rude to her. Elizabeth was like, how can you do that? Like, don't be so rude. We're filming a television show. And she made how are they supposed to know that? How was that woman supposed to know that you're on a national television show? Elizabeth is always like hit or miss with me. I watch, uh, Sometimes I didn't really like her her season. No one did. She's but, so aggy. But there, I didn't like him either. Yeah, sure. I do think... It was interesting to me that she came off badly to the other girls at the Bachelorette. I can't believe we're talking about season nine, but she came off really badly at the Bachelorette party. Like everybody wore a white dress and she like wore a red dress. Um, But then as the season went on, I noticed that she was very loyal to her castmates. Um, Like she knew, apparently she was told about Matt and his cheating ways and she went to Amber with it. And then when they tried to get her to talk about it at the reunion, she's like, I'm not talking about it. 
Like, I think, even though she seems to suck, I think she ha- she's a girl's girl. That's what I saw in her. No, she is. Elizabeth does have something about her where she's not completely dislikable. I don't put gun to head if I had to pick between Jamie and Elizabeth. Honestly, I don't know who I pick. <laughs> but Elizabeth just has, she's just a brat. And it might take her a while to get away from that. And then she has a partner who kind of eggs it on and she kind of feels off of the drama of being a drama queen. But except she met someone who's also a drama king. So, but he did try to calm her down. He's like, it's okay. So she's like, no, how rude. That's so rude. And I'm like, okay. Well, it's, it's not that big of a deal. But I, I feel like that's always our thing. Like, it's not chill, people. Yeah. Chill. But I don't know how much of it is for the camera. But she's also always extra, though, even with the other couples. So that's about it. Next week, I'm looking for, well, I'm looking forward to it because. Not that I'm looking forward to it because Shawnice is crying and she's saying no one tells you how hard marriage is because honestly, I still don't think there's a love there. It's a commitment. But I don't every time know. I look at them, I think their relationship is on its last legs. Yeah. So and there's only so much you can do because Shawnice just does her best and is putting up and you know, so I hope it's just one of those that they're playing up and everything will be fine by the end. And Jeffy will be like, you know, I took it for granted, blah 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 blah. And they're playing that up because that's what you do on reality shows. But hopefully she's okay and I will update you as usual. But I do think we should get into our people. Oh, we should. Just one thing about Ashley and Anthony. I did not believe for one second that Anthony did not know she was pregnant. I was looking at her and I was like, you look a little bit pregnant. (laughs) And you didn't look that way before. And the dress that you're wearing kind of accentuates that you look a little bit pregnant. I think the whole thing was played up. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. When you watch reality shows, you're just a skeptic. You just kind of know. They tell the producers, we're just a hold that thought. Let's see what we can do. And you can kind of tell. And yeah, I, I, I can see that. I didn't, I, he genuinely looked surprised. But I don't. And they mentioned like the last week that they're trying for a second baby. What are you surprised about? That it was quick. Oh, wait. Whatever. (laughs) Sorry. You've been trying. We are now going to talk about this week's show of Married at First Sight, New Orleans, season 11. Let's talk about our couples. Okay. They woke up in the morning. This is after the wedding. And I thought we could skip it, but they still have the brunch. I really hate the segment. I really, really hate the brunch segment. It's just uncomfortable for everyone. Did you find it strange that on the last episode, we watched everybody go to bed. And then on this episode, we did a rewind of watching them get ready for bed. It's like it went backwards in the timeline for a bit. Yes, because I saw Woody and his do-rag. And I'm like, didn't we have a conversation about a bonnet, a do-rag? And why are we seeing this again? So, yes. I found that strange. The editing, the continuity was not at its best this this week, but we're rolling with it. So um, let's start with Amelia and Bennett. We start with Amelia, who is still smitten by Bennett, and she still thinks there's chemistry. And they start preparing for the night, and Bennett is going off on his tangent and going about how he has this superstition when things are going well. And honestly, guys, I was listening. I started listening, but I saw something <laughs> happening and I lost track. And I'm like, what in the, what is happening? There was a green, puke green dress being worn by him. His pants came off. It came up on top. And I'm like, yes, he is actually doing what I think he's doing. He was wearing a night dress. <laughs> um, and one, his night dress gave me hope because... Not hope, because I actually, you know, I'm, I'm pretty positive on Amelia and Bennett. But Amelia rolls out in a onesie. 
And I was like, you two are a match made in heaven. You packed for my first night with this person who I just married at first sight. And because they are who they are, one is like, hey, I sleep in a dress. And the other one's like, oh, I'm going to come out in a plaid onesie. But I believe it was Bennett who said, all I care about is comfort. And I was like, yep, I co-sign. I believe the same thing. I co-sign that. But can I just say, like, sleeping in a onesie is not that big of a deal? At least I don't think it's that. What I found to be actually extra was, like, I noticed that a lot of these women, when they go to bed, all women know we go to bed braless, but they usually wear a bra. Amelia was braless. Don't ask me how I saw that, but I did. And I was like, oh, she's comfortable enough. But then again, she has hair in her pit, so she's a free <laughs> spirit, so it's not a big deal for her. But I will remember what season was it? I want to say Miami. I could be wrong. Where the guy came out in a onesie, and apparently he was a weirdo for doing that. It's not that the onesie is that weird. It's just that, like, who owns a one? Like, first off, I don't own a onesie. I do. I do. I want one, but I haven't gotten one yet. And if I was, like, doing Married at First Sight, if I did have a onesie, it would not be my first option for what I'm going to sleep in the night of. Would it be yours? No, it wouldn't be, but I just don't think it's that strange. My onesie is actually, like, a a minion, like, from the movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I just don't think, and especially when you add the fact that it's Amelia, it really wasn't strange to me. So, I mean, her reaction also didn't shock me. I was curious to see what her reaction would be to see um, Bennett in the dress. But uh, honestly, nothing these people do should shock me because they're just in their own planet. So, but she does rightfully ask, do you always sleep in a dress? But she took it in stride. And then they had the conversation that I never would have guessed would be a conversation topic. This is how you're talking about their levels of their vision. And it's so odd to me that they have the same pair of frames. I don't know. Do you wear any type of corrective lenses, like contacts? Yeah. I wear glasses and I wear contacts. So every person, almost every person I know who wears glasses and contacts, we do this. Like, what's your power? And then when I used to wear glasses more often, I would always switch glasses with people. (laughs) So I didn't think it was that weird. I'm like, it was cute. It was very cute that they had the same glasses. But yes, I've done the whole like, let me look at your glasses to see how blind you are thing. I mean, I know I have, but I don't know that it would be my, I don't know, wedding night, first time with a stranger. It just, my bingo card, I didn't have that. But again, it's a million Bennett. So I don't know that I should have been surprised. But I was surprised that he was sitting there trying to explain who Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is to her. And I was like, shouldn't you know? And no. she didn't say like, oh, I already know. So I was like, did you know? Or did he really have to explain to you who that is? Oh, I didn't get that. I didn't get that impression. I thought he was more explaining what the rec glasses were. He said, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And then she laughed. She got it. And then he started going on about, oh, he was a basketball player in the 1980s. And I was like, are you joking with her right now? Or did she really not know who he is? Oh. Anyway, <laughs> we, I mean, this is this is us always getting into these details. <laughs> but- Overall, for their first night with Amelia and Bennett, I do think that there was an ease to them and it was just comfortable and it was nice to see. And then we move on to their brunch, unless you had anything else about their first night. I can't remember if he said this in Unfiltered or in the actual episode, but he was talking about how he had no game. He wouldn't have asked her out, not because he wasn't attracted to her or didn't like her, just because he has like no skills in wooing women is what he said. I was like, yeah, you sleep in a dress. So I guess I'm not that surprised (laughs) that you describe yourself as a person with no game. Anyway, I I honestly wouldn't even guess that he didn't have any game because he seems really 
charming, really. And I, I will say he had this ugly, ugly mustache on unfiltered. And due to that mustache, I was like, oh, I finally see it now. Because while I was watching him with that ugly mustache, they were playing the video of the wedding. And I was like, oh, he is cute. I've been missing <laughs> it all this time. But he is actually an attractive man when he doesn't have that mustache on his face. No, I think I, I think what also makes Bennett attractive is, yes, I think he recognizes or knows that he's not, quote unquote, the norm or he's eccentric but he's comfortable in that and he wears that he's self-assured in that he doesn't cower like oh i'm different oh i'm whatever he owns it and i think that adds to a layer of his confidence and that adds to um his attractiveness and i'm just segueing that to brunch because when we um queued over in the past it used to be the couple together with the families together but now they're trading and it's like the couple with the spouse's family and for a second i really thought bennett was with his own family because he was so comfortable his foot was on the chair and he was leaned back and i had to check the chiron to make sure that it was amelia's family her mom and her brother was who he was speaking with they have a similar aesthetic is the best i wouldn't say like her his family and her family like they have the same i don't know how to describe it sense of style sense of you they all look like they could be related sorry i have to disagree with that ben's family stands out so <laughs> nope <laughs> i mean but his mom and her mom look like they could be cousins well, twice removed. <laughs> anyway, but, but I, I would actually. My thought was, does Bennett know how to sit in a chair? Because, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why is your leg on this chair? It's not a big deal, but it's just like this is your first meeting with your in-laws, and you can't yeah. sit in your chair properly. He was way too comfortable. But what I found funny was when the mom said, "I am not the kind to notice a red flag," and I guess there uh, is the same way. And she laughed, and I was like, "Is that in itself a red flag?" <laughs> You're not the kind to notice a red flag. <laughs> I felt her when she said it. I don't notice red flags about people. Oh, really? No. It oh. takes so long. And the, and I thought, you know, just in life in general, I don't notice weirdness or bad. I don't, I don't pick up on it quickly. I do think eventually I, I always do pick up on it, but I'm not an instantaneous, like, I can't ever tell when people are good or bad. You know, that's probably why you're less stressed than I am. I'm stressed <laughs> because all I see is red flags and danger, stranger danger everywhere around. But yeah, I thought that was funny. But then when we talk about Bennett's family, I'm not going to say... I don't anything. like those people. I'm not going to say anything unkind, guys, but... I, I will. Just like, um, wow, that was... You know, altogether, I did. I was like, "Is his dad?" I wanted to poke his dad. Like, "Are you there? Are you here with us?" He didn't say a word. Inside. He could not survive his marriage if he said things. His <laughs> wife is here to do the talking, and her energy is so much that I could not imagine sitting with a coffee for her. I couldn't imagine going to a Thanksgiving dinner. Like she, her presence and her energy stressed me out through the TV screen. And then his sister is annoying too. I almost dropped an F-bomb in there because I just could not stand his sister and the lollipop and the ethical children. Okay. Shut up. Okay. Let's, let's backtrack for those who don't know. So they sit down and he, she, um, his sister gives Amelia a napkin and says it's a gift. And then you turn it over and it was just a lollipop. What was it? It was like a metaphor for love. Amelia was just going with it because I was just confused as to what was happening, but I don't know how to say or ask this, but his sister seemed a little. I'm not quite sure, but she, we we have to refrain from. I don't want to start like getting into diagnosing people. No, because the only reason why I even brought that up was 
None of her conversations sounded natural. One, it wasn't flowing. It wasn't organic. And then I noticed that she couldn't focus. She kept darting her eyes. I don't know who she was looking at. It seemed like someone on the side. I mean, you could confuse it to her looking at her parents. She was sitting across from the table. But it just, and then the way she just blurted out, oh, one more thing. Do you know that, have you talked to him about kids? Because I know that he said that he thinks it's morally unethical for you to have kids. Yeah, that's what he told me. That, that That's not exactly how you bring that up in a conversation. So I want to leave room to think that, help me out here, Aid, because I don't know. What to-, I, to me, it's like, I, I didn't spend a lot of time with theater people, but I have spent some time with theater people and like nothing about her was beyond me. To me, it was beyond regular weird people shit. <laughs> um, huh. And okay. when I say weird, I just mean everything's for attention. Okay. And there are cameras. And people who seek attention-seeking people don't care about cam. If anything, the camera makes them worse. I I feel that the only way you can say that in the context that we're in is because you are looking to to create the drama for this TV show, which is, is- good. But it could have come up with Have you guys talked about kids? Oh, where do you stand? Oh, you want kids? Hmm, that's interesting. Or if a producer because- told you what to say, and so you weren't speaking in your natural rhythm, which is why it popped out the way it did. No, but. I get that. Of course, the producer must have told her what to say, but you could have said it in a different way. Like, honestly, the way she said it was very left field that I'm surprised they kept it in. It just didn't come off like anyone who watched the scene would understand what we're talking about. It just didn't come off. It was like basically me and you were talking about soda, and then someone just jumps in and says, Oh, by the way, did you know that Tane thinks that um Sprite is a terrible thing and will give you cancer? <laughs> Let's say we're talking about, I don't know, COVID, and we're talking about how it spreads, and someone comes comes in and was like, you know, if you drink Sprite, I think like it contributes to what you do. And you're like, what? Where did that come from? It just wasn't. It was really odd. It was very odd. It but- was very odd. But let's talk about it. The thing itself, which is she basically said that he he doesn't think it's ethical to have biological children. Yeah. And I mean, they do take talk about it because after the people meet with their opposing parents, they all meet up after to ask how we went. And then he clarified his stance. And he did say that he does think it's ethical because the world is overpopulated and there are people out there that are looking to be adopted but he has room for he understands that he could have met someone and meet someone who wants to have their biological child and then he would you know be open to it because she does want her she does want to have children and i understand his stance because i've always said that that there there is no selfless reason for having kids every reason on earth to have kids is a selfish one uh agreed um but i first off i don't believe the world is overpopulated um (laughs) there are a lot of people who believe this every i look at every child and i'm like as a person who doesn't have kids yet i i fully support other people ensuring that my social security is paid for by having kids (laughs) um (laughs) wait why don't you think the world is overpopulated not to get into the weeds but I'm curious. This is, oh gosh, this is going to like really reveal the nerdy part of me. I think people confuse a political problem with a resource issue. Okay. The world has more than enough food, more than enough space, more than enough everything. It is the economic and political systems in which these resources live that make us believe that there are too many people. The issue is not the number. The issue is how do we distribute food? How do we distribute housing? How do we distribute water? How do we distribute healthcare? There's enough of all of it on the earth. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> I've never thought about it that way. I think I just went went along with her and was like, oh, we're overpopulated. But 
But in a nutshell, though, that was all my thoughts on Amelia and Bennett. And um, I think it, um, they had a pretty good episode first night. Pretty good, pretty good first night. Pretty good brunch. But I they are a joy to watch. They are yeah. a joy to watch. Like you feel good. I feel like we're. I'm still in recovery from last season. So to watch a couple like this, I'm just like, oh, you guys make me so happy. Even though I think you're both so weird, you really. Do, it's a joy to watch you on the screen. Be nice to each other. Get to know each other. It's sweet. I will say one last thing about uh, Bennett's parents i'm very curious as to the dynamic between the both of them because their confessional or interview they had after the brunch where the mom was like you know we're not we're we're like we're not a difficult family to or was it the dad who said it to adapt to and then he's like really <laughs> and then she's like we're his not- mom said there is nothing weird about my family and there's a book written by a disgraced senator called lies and the lying liars who tell them and that is what flashed through my mind when she said there's nothing weird about my family and i'm just like that is odd but again if anyone can handle it it'll be amelia so looking forward to um them but we can move on to olivia and brett (laughs) um let's start with olivia and the no suitcase on the bed no shoes in the house i was like girl oh snaps snaps oh i was about to do the same thing i was like yes that is so gross (sighs) suitcase on the bed and then hotels always have that thing that you could put your suitcase on so why are you putting on the bed and you know it makes me cringe watching this show year after year when they go into that hotel room after the wedding and jump on the bed with their nasty shoes it kills me (laughs) every year in general though there's a lot of on tv there's a lot of people who put their it's disgusting so and i also don't believe in shoes in the house which i know is a hot button issue here in america but like take off your shoes at the door oh i'll be silent in that regard so (laughs) okay (laughs) but i found it weird that brett asked where she says no suitcase on the bed and he's confused (laughs) like where i'm like it's common sense there's a whole class of people who who have never once given it a thought i was gonna ask do you have a side of the bed every time i see that i keep asking myself do i have a side of the bed i don't think my my If the bed is up against a wall, I prefer to be on the outside. But no, I don't really have a side of the bed. Yeah, mine's situational. Usually in hotels, if I'm sharing, I usually want to be closer to the TV. But other than that, it's just, yeah, I don't have a a particular side. So it's always funny when people are like, oh, this is my side. I'm like, okay. But it's cool to see that Brett is still smitten by her. And he even said sex is not, you know, a given. That he's okay if they talk and just chill for the week. What do you, what did you think about that? I kind of tune out when people start talking about sex at this point. It's just too, there's too much pressure to say the politically correct thing while the camera's on you. So I don't, I've been burned before. I don't take anything they say that seriously. We'll find out if sex is that important to you during the course of the week when you guys are arguing about whether or not you've had sex. Oh, you mean like Michael (laughs) from last year? Exactly. But the one thing that occurred to me as we were watching all of them spend their first night, I've never seen, okay, it may be edited out. I think that's a caveat that's giving right now. So we don't have to say it all the time. Things might be edited out. But my question is, why don't they ever shower? You just had a long day. You just had things. How do you just go in, change clothes and come back out? I've never heard anyone say shower and come back. I see them say, I'm going to go change. And I'm like, ew. And no one ever comes up with wet hair or shower cap or anything. So yeah, agreed. I've never thought about that though. Well, Zach asked Mindy. For, sorry, we keep going back. Oh, yes. Yes. Aren't you going to take it? That's right. Because Zach was basically like, you nasty girl. Why are you taking a shower? But that wasn't on the wedding night. That, <laughs> that was, was a couple nights later. And I was like, I, 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 
this is just way too much, but I also shower at night, but I just don't think it's that big of a deal, right? All the girls do a great job taking off their makeup, and then maybe they pat down some other areas too, you know? I just wouldn't share a bed with a stranger. That's already anxiety reading, and then I'll go in from a whole day's worth of sweat and dirt and just chill on the... Nah. And their sheets are white, so yeah. Uh, fair point. So Brandon's real cute with the glasses. He's alright. I mean, he's the cutest of his brothers. <laughs> But I thought he looked real hot with the glasses. Like, I, you know, I thought it was cute before, but the glasses, I thought it was a level up. Oh, man. Brett is just someone who doesn't do it for me. I mean, the only thing I noticed is, like, he's really swole up top, like his arms and stuff. But And he's tall, which is nice. But other than that, he just doesn't do it for me. Every time I watch Olivia and Brett, I like them. But now, every time I watch them, I feel like I'm waiting for the shoe to drop with Brett. Like, we can't forget the Brett we met at the Bachelorette party. And I'm just like, who is this guy? What act is this? How long is this going to go up? Hurry it up. Let's get to that part. Agreed. I mean, not for Olivia's sake, but I don't watch them with, you know, I want to enjoy what I'm watching, but I keep having it at the back of my mind. They're cute. Because and- I'm trying to reform my ways of not seeing red flags when they're clearly red flags. <laughs> I am just like, I'm same thing. I look at it. I'm like, this is going so well. I like her so much. I want this to work out for her. I want him yeah. to be as good as, good as he seems. But we saw that first episode behavior and it's going to take him a while to overcome it if he even does. And there's a reason the producers put it in there. So they wanted so. us to know. Yeah, they wanted us to know. And then I saw when they were brushing side by side, I had another thought. I'm like, how are these people brushing so cleanly? But I'm just looking at them and nothing's coming out. I was like, maybe, maybe they're brushing without toothpaste. I don't know. Oh, definitely. I feel like they do a real brush and then they do a fake brush for the cameras. That's nicer looking. Okay. Well, we move on to their brunch and poor Olivia has to go meet the creepy brothers. I feel like we should come up with a name for them. But honestly, they creep me out. Especially that one brother who's deemed himself the spokesperson and wants all the TV time. So annoying. But he did. And then he, I was just thinking they were creepy. And then he proved it by opening his mouth and saying they did internet stalking of her. And I'm like, the number one rule of internet stalking is you keep what you find to yourself. Yourself. And then he made it worse, like internet stalking. And then I said, okay, you know what? Maybe he just went on Instagram, Facebook. That is what he said. But then he kept saying, the people at the hospital said you're not. What did you do, creepo, McCreep? But the, the nice thing is, is that I can't stand them. So when they do behavior that I'm like, I can't stand you, no surprises. Ugh. I think the most surprising part is that after the brunch, she was willing to say that it was fine. I was like, see, what a sweet... He said that she was like a real sense of grace. That's how Brett described Olivia. And I was like, that's, she's very much like that. Cause she could have, I'm sure they were obnoxious cause they are obnoxious. So were you surprised um, about the kids aspect? Since clearly this is the code word the producers have thrown at every single couple because it came up at every single brunch. It's a nice hot button issue, but I actually appreciate the honesty in everybody's answers. Olivia is not going to sit here and say, I want five kids when she is very indifferent to them. I feel like she really, she called having kids doing that. Because I noted that and I wrote that down. I was like, wow, she really doesn't want the kids. But yeah, I appreciated her honesty. She was honest about that. And then we switched to Brett with Olivia's um, mom. I'm, I'm calling it honesty because it's not the answer. They, She knows and they know that that's not the answer that they want to hear. And she's still going to say it because it's the truth. If anything I've learned from this show is the more people say what you want to hear, the more suspicious you should be. Oh, 
I think, yeah, that's true. But I mean, again, kudos to her. But I guess at this point, they're used to the cameras and you're comfortable and you just they're just speaking their truth. So we switch over to Brett and Brett is with Olivia's mom, dad and stepdad. I can't get over how much Olivia looks like her dad. His hot button question was asking his thoughts on religion because Olivia was brought up in a religious household. And he was also honest about what he felt. Which is that he's agnostic. Yes. Um, he did mention sacraments. So I was like, they both must be Catholic. Like, yeah. Or at least well, he is. Her dad didn't read Catholic to me. I'm Catholic and I just didn't get a Catholic vibe from him. Uh... But I don't know what the Catholic vibe is, but, you know, that's your people. But, I mean, I, it had to be something they talked about. And hopefully, like I said, she, I hope she said she didn't care on the profile because you know how these experts are. Sometimes, you know, you say something and they're just like, you know, you will help them turn them around and make them see religion. But Olivia seems like the kind of person, like, I don't think she cared. And I also I, have found, and it is my own experience, that many times parents are much more serious about religion than their children. So I could see where her family thinks it's super super important that he's religious whereas she herself is like it's not a deal breaker yeah i agree she just seems very easygoing she just has all the light she's like love and light in human i really don't want her to get screwed over she just yeah yeah uh my favorite part about her dad's her dad or maybe it was her stepdad whoops i think it was her dad he goes he's a man's man Mm-hmm. And I was like, can you imagine if Olivia married Bennett? <laughs> I know. I had the same thought also. I had the same thought about these parents are very focused on what kind of man. She didn't seem creeped out by the brothers. So, yeah. Lies. <laughs> I'll give her a pass. Because what are you going to say? Yeah. I'm, I think he, I mean, he's met them before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. On to Christina and Henry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just painful. And here's a question for you, Tane, because you are a better historian of this show than I am. You've watched more seasons. Sometimes I feel like it's like, oh, they have to do this really stressful thing and there's cameras there. But it, the cameras really don't matter. There's, I don't think there's ever been a couple who was like, yeah, we look terrible on camera, but in the end, we managed to like get to know each other when the cameras were off in a meaningful way that we could overcome whatever crap you saw on camera like what happened in front of the camera crew seems to mirror what happens when they leave too i would agree with you if we didn't have elizabeth and jamie no i mean i don't think they hid anything wait what do you mean so wait can you explain what you mean like they didn't hide anything you think christina and harry are hiding stuff i feel like if there's hope for christina and henry We could say, oh, Henry's uncomfortable in front of the camera, and that's why he behaves this way. But I don't think that's the case. I don't, I think that people get used to the camera really quickly. And if the relationship is going to be successful or normal, or the interactions are going to look natural, it's going to happen in front of the camera. There's never, there's never an excuse or a reason that the camera is what is stopping the couple from being successful couple. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Well, then Shanice and Jeffy come to mind. Jeffy was giving her nothing. Jeffy wouldn't even sleep on the same bed with her. Jeffy wanted to sleep on the floor. And he was just like, the camera was a lot. The camera was a lot. So but you just never know. Maybe this is like revisionist history in my mind because it's been many years since I watched that. But even now I can think of moments where it's like, like when he took her to the skating rink I because think- that was something that she had wanted and I think that was forced. I'm sorry. Even at that point, <laughs> I was just like, this guy is under... Jeffy looked like he was under duress their entire season. So 
both think that their relationship is not that strong, which goes back to my original point. The camera is not the cause of your relationship demise. The show is not the cause of your relationship demise. It is the two of you and how you relate to each other and how you get to know each other. Yeah. There's never been a couple that after the eight weeks, they both said no or they both said yes. And then later on, they like had a great successful relationship that was only possible because they were out of the view of the camera. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Which is like a really long intro into what we're seeing, but it is terrible to watch these two. Terrible. Painful is the word. Christina and Harry are killing me. Like Christina already, I feel like every time we see Christina, she's complaining about something. She's not really necessarily complaining. I'm hard on Christina. I know this. I'm trying. It's not working. But Christina, she starts with, I want to feel wanted and desired. But listen, you can't get this guy to say a word to you. Let's go past that hump before you talk about feeling wanted. or Does does that man look like he can make anyone feel wanted? He doesn't even make anyone want to live. Oh, I don't like this couple. They just (laughs) I feel, I do feel sympathy for her. I feel like if anybody is trying, it is her. He is a blob. I agree. And I mean, it actually annoys me because they do the stand-up interview and describe the situation and it is completely opposite from what we have seen yeah i was going to say that (laughs) it's off to a nice start according to henry what and then she just goes like oh there's still hope and then they make oh first of all they make it awkward for themselves and for us like honestly this silence is i don't even think it's editing it's because you can see the (laughs) you can see the, the awkward looking at them and then nothing's happening like henry's already an awkward person and they're in an awkward situation. I can acknowledge that. But I'm just curious if Christina can't tell directly how he is. Because she does her interviews. And she's like, you know, it's good. I'm excited to do this. She doesn't even say, she doesn't even mention the awkward silences. Because like you said. Because she's in it to win it. And I can respect that about her. Married at first sight. You have to, if you want to be successful, you have to go in saying, I'm going to have a successful marriage. And Christina walks in. They could like anybody in front of her. And she would be saying these exact same things because she's not giving up on this just yet. Us watching her like just, just end it put yourself out of this misery of trying it but she's gonna try i think she's gonna try until the bitter end okay but she can try but also still be honest in the confessionals like i don't know where you come from saying you know things are going okay and at least say like he's not giving me much to work with but i will continue because honestly i can't believe henry had the audacity to say it's off to a pretty good start I mean, he was kind of lying, but I'm just like... But there are different ways to say it. These people asked her a favorite thing about Henry. He has really cool friends and they seem to really like me. <laughs> Those bitches didn't like you! <laughs> but I took that as a setup to have Trishel back or the friends back, you know, due to their comments. So I think it was like a setup for, you know, that segment where they host um, the spouse's friends and family. Yeah. I think something's going to happen. And it was probably just like a setup because honestly, how is that your favorite thing about? And then the conversation, her phone was dead and I couldn't charge it. And then there was just silence. The silences are killing me. They seemed so relaxed in the morning after. That was the most chill that they had ever seen. They actually, he had expressions on his face <laughs> that seemed to match her expressions. I mean, <laughs> and so I was like, "Oh, did you guys fool around last night?" Yeah, or at least talk. And then they got out of bed and started. I was like, "No, we're right back to where we were yesterday." I mean, they made me laugh. They gave me the biggest laugh of the episode because they were talking about places they traveled to. She's a flight attendant, and she's been to so many places. I can't, I can't figure Christina out. Maybe that's where my dislike comes from. 
I don't know if she's bragging or if she's being, because I really feel she was very understanding towards him. But at the same time, she was talking about, I have friends from South America. I'm curious to meet them. My favorite place to travel is here. And then she's like, Henry, where do you like to go? And he said, <laughs> DC, Northern Virginia. I said, it was pretty cool. It was really nice. And you could see her face. <laughs> and it was in that moment, I actually legit burst out laughing. I burst out laughing because I was like, in that moment. <laughs> I was, I laughed just like you did. Then I felt a little bit bad because there are people who are and we'll get into this but there are people who are who are so-called well-traveled and that they've been a lot of places and there are other people who aren't and the people who aren't obviously when they have to pick where their favorite place has been maybe it won't sound exotic or exciting to you but it was to them because they either haven't been many places or they just really liked it listen Um, I'm i'm not laughing at him because of the place First of all, is the execution of how he said it. You have to imagine this long silence. And he kept repeating, yep, North Virginia. And I'm like, this is a, this man kept saying, yep, it was so nice. It was really cool. Silence. And for people's knowledge and awareness, we both live in Northern Virginia. Yes. Which is why we are so unimpressed. (laughs) It's like, oh, that place that I go every single day because that's where I live. (laughs) And no. this on TV is like, DC is a cool place. And we're like, yes, it's cool. It's a tourist destination. But it, it, no. <laughs> no, let me clarify. It was a combination of everything. That's fine if it's cool. Because listen, when I lived in Texas, probably coming here would have been like, oh, that's a pretty cool place to go to in America. That's fine. Like not everyone is well-traveled and it's not everyone's thing. And that's okay. Everyone live your best life and do what makes you comfortable. It was the way he said it, the number of times he repeated it. And Christina's facial expression at the moment where she realized she's been paired up with someone who thinks DC is the pinnacle of their vacation. That is what really made me laugh because she was like, oh, yeah. And for each time he said DC, as many times as he said it, she kept saying, yeah, yeah, sure. And then there was silence again. So the whole situation is what I found funny. Not the fact that he thinks like DC is the pinnacle because fair enough because if he had said tucson arizona she would have had the exact same re- reaction same exact. it's just that she uh-huh. led up to it she listed she was like i've been to paris and amsterdam and Copenhagen and blah blah and then he was like dc northern virginia she took it in stride i'll give her props for that but then they went to brunch oh. and brunch and guys i really want to apologize two episodes ago i said henry's dad was the best i take it back I said what well, I'm going to say again. You are not being supportive when you are meeting your your son's new spouse yeah. and you make him sound like trash. <laughs> now, from watching this TV, you may not be lying, yeah. but that's not what a supportive parent does. And another thing, how many times do we have to hear that he likes the Patriots? <laughs> Liking a sports team is just about the most boring thing about a person. And I... I mean, unless there's an interesting story about why a person who is Cajun and lives in New Orleans really loves the Patriots. That's what I would like to hear if there's something interesting there. But he, he his dad has mentioned the Patriots way more than Henry has. Because his dad was saying in the context... And then it's like, do you know how to relate to your son? Or the only thing you know about him is that he likes the Patriots and you think he's pathetic? No, I think the context that he brought it up in was like in, in making fun of him and saying that he's awkward and can't have a conversation... He was saying, has he brought up the fact that he likes the Patriots yet? Because back then he said 
the two things that gets him actually talking is politics and Tom Brady slash the Patriots. So I think he was bringing that up again to say, oh, has he brought that up um, with you? But in general, I just got, I, I didn't like how much ribbing it was. It wasn't fun anymore. It almost felt like he didn't like him. He do- well, now, see, now you're like changing my mind because I'm like, his dad has brought it up. Maybe to Hen- the only topics that Henry can talk about with his dad are football and politics. Like, I don't think his dad knows who he is. I don't even think his dad likes politics. I think he that's just when he's the only time he's seen his son animated. And then now, without even going deep into the psyche, I'm wondering if Henry's dad is who beat the personality out of him. Not beat, literally, but like, he's just such a forceful, like, the way, I don't know, it's not verbal abuse, I don't know, but it's just not a kind way to speak about your son. Like, he just, he wouldn't stop. And you could tell the aunt, I think that was right beside him, was uncomfortable too, because he just kept going on and on one thing after the other. And then when she was talking about how she's well-traveled and she's like, oh, well, and he thinks he's uncultured. Wait till he, you know, he thinks he's cultured. Wait till he finds out. And it just it was just a rag session. But then I also felt like the way she kept talking, where it borders on, you can't tell if she's just stating fact or, I'm talking about Christina at this moment, it, she's stating fact or she's bragging. I think his dad had like an amused look on his face as she just kept going on and on. But I thought the meeting was a little bit awkward. I thought it was awkward the way Christina was with Henry's parents. I just thought the whole brunch was a little uncomfortable, at least for me. Christina said, I really clicked with his family, place where Henry doesn't fit in at all. This is true because I had notes. I was like, you watch one thing and then she has a different perspective. So I give up. I don't know what is happening because I don't even think they know what is happening. I don't know. It was painful to watch also. I mean, Christina and Henry's parents were easier to watch, but Henry and her family, you could tell her family was just, oof, what do we have here? And then they said the biggest thing she needs is communication. And I was like, <laughs> like, the biggest thing she needs is communication. She likes to talk and this dude has nothing to say. And what I find extra aggravating about Henry is in between awkward silences, words come out and nothing is said. They're just words. There's no meaning behind them. I think he asked like any annoying, he asked one question about her that was once again, very surface. It's, he's a painful human being to watch on TV. He really is. I think I'm going to enjoy it because I have a theory about the Henrys of the world. Some of them are this way because like still waters run deep and some of them are just that boring. So I feel like over the next eight weeks, we're going to find out whether or not Henry, there's anything interesting or engaging about him. Or we're going to find out that this is who he is, a person who speaks with nothing to say. Well, that's all we have on Christina and Henry. Not much to go with. I'm comfortable to watch and hoping something turns around because, like I said, we don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going on. We keep getting different accounts. So moving on to Woody and Amani. Listen, the lowest lows to the highest highs. Highest highs aid. I got to tell you. Woody came on my screen. I did not realize I was cheesing. Like, ear to ear, I was smiling. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed of myself. But I just saw myself cheesing. He was knocking and yelling at Miles' door. He's like, get up. He's there with Armani. They're just, they look like they're already a couple, couple. Like, she's just there rolling with it. And then he's at the door. Miles goes in there. And honestly, I just enjoyed seeing him and Miles relate. It was so cute. And he's like, meet my wife. And then he told her to, told Miles to like rub Karen's feet. Yeah. Like it was it was so what he he's really great for reality television because he's an open book. 
I hope he's great for Amani too, and they do seem really cool together. But he's yeah. the perfect person to go on reality television. He's real. Yes. Well, caveat. But yes, for now, he's real. The only stain on the whole thing was Karen. Listen, Karen is a is a wet blanket. I'm so tired. <laughs> Oh, she was actually sick. Oh, I was so annoyed. Mouse gave her a Ricola because she was sick. Like, I think she was getting sick. I don't think she was getting sick. Her sister gave it to her because her voice was going out. Her sister gave it to him and told him to give it to her. But she didn't even try. Like, they were coming in. Like, just at least... I cannot have you hating on someone for being tired. And I, like, as much as the Woody and Amani come, like, even when they were in the hallway, I was like, I don't think Amani wants to be here right now. Like, it's really late. Like, you you guys are about to go on a honeymoon together. Is it really necessary that we come to this hotel room in the middle of the night to, like, say hello to your friend? So I'm not hating on her being tired, but she just made a big to-do about it. You know those people who are on a diet and you put food just say no, thank you, no. They're going to be like, oh my God, I don't want to ruin my diet. Oh, how many calories is this? What is, oh no, I don't want, that is what Karen is doing. I get it, you're tired. But I feel like it was the whole trope, even from last episode. Maybe it's the editing again. I'm just going to blame everything on the editing because I just feel like I've heard that she's tired so many times. I know she's tired. She's lying on the bed and she doesn't even want to change. So yeah, that was the only stay on that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not co-signing your hating on Karen for being tired okay. and talking about being tired. That's okay. You're on your own. That's okay. But yeah, we get Woody um telling us in the confessional that in eight weeks, me and my wife are still gonna be married. I don't see it any other way. And for some reason, that just sounded ominous to me. <laughs> it like famous last words for two reasons. One, I don't know if this is a setup or what's gonna happen, but two, because he doesn't realize that. In a few weeks, the world is going to change <laughs> and we're going to have a new world. Um, I think my friend was telling me that this was filmed on Valentine's Day. I don't know if you know that. Since you're I did not know that. I don't know. We're not sure if that's fact or not, because I was wondering how many weeks they had before the pandemic hit. So if that was it, that means like they didn't really have, you know, them. They had four weeks. Yeah. So anyway, so when he said that, it sounded ominous to me, but I'm like, you know, we'll go with the flow. We see Woody change. And this is when I had deja vu. I was like, didn't we see this last week? So I guess they just put that in all over again. And we see that little Woody got a, I shouldn't say little Woody, but Woody got a six pack. And <laughs> um, I just had me thinking that this experiment, I got to tell you, it is crazy and it has to be uncomfortable. I can't imagine meeting someone for the very, they make it look so normal or natural on tv but honestly it has to be uncomfortable like what if you fart in your sleep or what if you you know drool or something these are things that you share with someone you just met so kudos to all of them because i think one of the couples i forget who said that you have to i think mal said that to Karen. like you have to be a crazy person to actually go through a married affair there has to be some kind of crazy in you to go through with this so and meanwhile i'm like Yes, there has to be some kind of crazy in you to go through with this, but as a person in her early 30s who is unmarried, I'm like, why not? <laughs> like, you just, I feel like you just get to a point. I don't think it's that crazy. Oh, yes, I it is crazy to marry someone at first sight, but while this is an arranged marriage, it doesn't have the cultural implications that arranged marriage usually does. 
In traditional arranged marriages, the whole community expects you to stay married. In this one, it's an eight-week experiment. You could find someone who you really click with and really want to make a life with, or you can go ahead and get divorced. And it is intense and it is hard, but it doesn't have the social or moral implications that an arranged marriage does. So I guess to me, it's like, yes, it's crazy, but dating really sucks. I mean, it does, but I also wouldn't call it an, well, it is an arranged marriage, but I also don't think it's like exactly the same because I think arranged marriages come with its own set of connotations, like, you know, marry a good family, marry, you know, for optics or anything of the sort. But where I think it's crazy and uncomfortable is it is not easy. The thing that marriage does is it puts up a mirror to your life. It is not easy to do certain things especially if it's difficult for you to be vulnerable or, you know, to be close and it takes you a while to do that with someone. Imagine living by yourself for a long time and all of a sudden you have someone in your space. Simple things like your laundry or flinging your underwear over there or taking a poop or something in front of a stranger. That is that is difficult. It seems small. We haven't even gotten to the deep things about life where you start realizing the things about yourself or the things you have to make it work as a couple, but the little things, sharing a space, making things where you have your own quirks, where you like things a certain way. And that's difficult. I have to say it's very difficult. It's crazy. I agree 1000% with the difficulty of it. I'll just leave that there. I guess my like, why would you do this? I'm like, yeah, it's pretty obvious why you would do this. Yeah. But I will say though, I keep, I was going to ask you, do you think Woody is doing the most? Yes. Yeah, I'm super hopeful about Woody and Imani because Woody seems so great and Imani seems so great. And they see, I mean, they both are telling us like, we really like each other. We're really vibing. This is going really well. Almost too much telling us is going really well. And all you can do with the show is wait and see. Like, are the things that are coming out of your mouth the truth? Or are they the truth for this short little while? And then y'all are going to get home and we'll see the fireworks start. Yeah, with this show, you kind of just, you kind of have to take what you see and hope for the best with the understanding that it could all fall apart. <laughs> yeah. I'm just wondering if he can keep the same energy. They move on to brunch and Woody's mom and grandma and friends are with Amani. And honestly, I think one of the cool things about Woody and Amani is how easily Amani blends with his friends, which is a huge thing. And I think it's really cool. And Woody's mom mentions his temper his grandma tried to act like that's not true, but his mom was like, I have seen, quote, the devil come out of it, rise up in him or something like that. And I was going to ask you, did you think that was cool? You know, to your things about, you know, telling people crap about, you know, making them look bad in front of their spouse. Did you think, what did you think of this scenario? Was that okay? Like honesty or was it sabotage? Uh, a little bit of both. I wouldn't want to know. I think she did the right thing by saying it. She's not saying he's a bad person. But she's just saying that he had the flaw, like in terms of like, it wasn't like Henry's dad, who's just like, you know, putting him down entirely. She was just saying the truth, like he's a good person, but he does have a dark side to him that you should watch out for. But it's like, watch out for, I guess maybe a warning is a good thing. But at the same time, what is left for these couples to tell each other? Like, if Woody has a temper in eight weeks, it's going to come out. If it comes out as a surprise, is that such a bad thing or... I think Maybe so. you should give him the opportunity to, like, during the course of getting to know each other, if Woody is as open as he appears to be, you don't think he would mention to Amani, you know what, I have a bit of a temper issue. Um, no, I don't think it's something that'll come. Okay, now that you asked that question, I'm just thinking about it. There's a good and bad to it. She's aware of it. And like she said, she'll walk away. But on the flip side, now that she knows it, 
he could literally just, you know, get annoyed by something and she'll, because she has that at the back of her mind, she might automatically see that as, you know, a temper and then react with that information instead of just letting it ride out naturally how it would happen. I think it's good for, I think it's good for a woman to know who she's dealing with, but it's going to come out. So to me, telling her her that he has a temper is she now supposed to like walk around on eggshells making sure that she doesn't spark this temper that she's heard so much about like and and i know i don't think that was their intention in telling her but i feel like when you insert that thought into someone's mind and i don't think she's gonna do that i think her stance is if you don't talk to me the way that i deserve to be talked to then i'll be leaving yeah but people with a temper you know sometimes people after years you know their real side comes out and you've never seen it before but i don't i don't know i i think it would come out in this eight weeks as we've established, this is a very stressful eight weeks. Lots going on. Lots of cameras in your face. If you have a temper, it'll probably come out. No, I know it will. I think the bone of contention is if the mom should have mentioned it, you know, or not. To be fair, she, Amani did ask. That's the part that gets me because we're like all about, oh, people should be honest. I think there's a big difference between someone asking a question and you providing an honest answer or you raising a sensitive subject so you can like parse out some information about something so we flip to woody and amani's family she's with her dad her stepdad um i think her mom her grandma her grandma was dressed to the nines i think amani's mom is so pretty oh can i mention that this episode i really found amani really pretty like i just looked at her and i was like this is a pretty girl like she's (laughs) um where every time i looked at her i was just like oh she's very like pretty just it, it stood out she went on an extra level of pretty for you this episode yes that's the best okay. way to put it. What is going on and on and honestly, I tuned out to everything he said. I mean, not everything he said. He did mention he. They talked about his long term relationship. He said his main relationship for four years. They asked what happened, and he said it just didn't work out. We both cheated. There was no eye contact when he said this, but Amani's mom's face made me chuckle a little bit because it was like, "What?" Because that's first off, I loved that for two reasons. You should be looking kind of shady and at the floor when you admit that you both cheated because you should be embarrassed. But despite the fact that he's embarrassed, he knows he's embarrassed, he still came out and said it. And her mom had a proper reaction, which is, oh, my God, my daughter's new husband is a cheater. (laughs) (laughs) We're good. But I mean, they seem to take it in stride. Amani's dad still has the widest smile ever. He just seems like a happy man. He's just always smiling. (laughs) And Amani and Woody meet up after the brunch and she brings up the temper thing. He does mention, yeah, it is true. He does mention that he went to canceling. And this is part of what makes Woody endearing. Like for a lot of people, for those who don't know, you know, black men aren't always put in the best light. And, you know, mental health is like a stigma in the black community. And, you know, him mentioning that he went to canceling and he's getting help and understanding where the anger came from. I'm really glad that they put that in there. Um, It was a good light and a good thing for Woody. At the same time, as he was talking to Woody, this was a moment where I realized like, okay, Woody is just coming off as a salesperson to me. Yes. And I don't know if I can believe everything he's saying because it was so strong at the brunch. He was just talking a mile a minute, saying all the right things. And I'm just like, ugh. Is this real or how authentic is this? So, yeah. We're going to find out. But he could have left that out. But he's an open book. I think that's why, like, I even believe him for now. Because he is an open book. Yeah, yeah. And he does say things that people don't want to hear. But it just really came up as 
really salesy, but you know, so far so good. I'm still liking, I'm still on the Woody and Amani train. So shall we move to Miles and Karen? Lovely. Okay. Uh, we already talked about their visitors in the middle of the night. <laughs> um, I mean, Karen has really had a little glow up here. Personally, you know, we were pretty aggravated with her. And then she met Miles. And, and since she met Miles, she seems really great. You said we were aggravated with her. How do you know is we're still not aggravated with her? Okay. <laughs> we were both aggravated. I'm considerably less aggravated. You, you speak for yourself. I actually didn't have much about them for the first night, but I think we saw a lot about it. But Miles does confirm that knowing who Woody is, that he does seem genuinely happy. And that's nice. He seemed happy, you know, for his friend. And, you know, I'll go back to where I was saying, where Karen just kept saying, I'm tired and tired. I don't want to change. I just thought that Karen was nervous. She didn't want to change. She didn't want to go to the part where he had to do the buttons and touch. So she'd rather just stay there and then, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and figure it out. I don't know. That was just my deduction because I didn't understand why we it was such a huge play of, of her being tired. As if I wasn't annoyed enough, she woke up and she still said she was tired. I'm like, Karen is killing me here. I, I think she was getting sick. Okay, let's go with that. I'll try to be nice to her. Then they Maybe that's what it is. No, I didn't have any much things um, for the overnights because I think we saw most of theirs um, the week before. So most of it was really the brunch um, for Miles and Karen. And the brunch where Miles was with Karen's mom, I felt bad for him. Me I don't too. Exactly welcoming. Karen's mom was, so, her dad, guys, her dad decided he's not showing up. He's not about the, was it the process or the filming process? The filming process is what Miles said. Okay. Is what so he wasn't there. So I was like, was he at the wedding but not shown? And then... Like, is he a presence, but he's not being shown on camera? I wasn't sure about that. Yeah, I thought about that, too, because I'm like, would he miss her wedding? You know, so. But yeah, Karen. Who walked her down the aisle? Yeah, I try to remember that, but I don't remember. Sorry, guys. We probably (laughs) should do that. (laughs) We'll we'll go back and check. But Karen's mom seemed very wooden. And then. I'm just tired of Karen's mom. Like, (laughs) she has her ups and her downs, and she redeemed herself a little this episode, too. But I'm just tired of this, like, overbearing, interfering parents. I guess what aggravates me is, as in-laws, you might as well welcome whoever you've got with open arms and kindness. All you're doing is putting up a wall before anything has even happened. Shut up. Like, just be nice. And then I don't really care if someone the day after the wedding comes to brunch and says how great they are. It doesn't mean anything. Actions speak louder than words. So you want to hear someone regurgitate some bullshit to you to make you feel better about what is happening. Just let the thing play out. They will show you who they are eventually. Yeah, it's already a stressful situation. Don't let family be the one thing that adds um, to the stress. But I was wondering how he was going to answer Karen's mom's question. Like, what was he going to say? Like, how do you plan on taking care of her? I'm a trash human. Not planning to take care of her. Don't plan to care about her feelings. No. (laughs) I mean... He doesn't know her yet. Like, everyone calm down. Like, I think that's the other part that's so easy to forget is they just met. Like, just let it be. And your job is just make him feel at ease and welcome the family. I was about to say, what kind of whack brunch is this with no food? And then the food arrived. But at the end of the day, he was able to win her over. He had good questions, good answers. He brought up the fact that he rubbed her feet and gave her the Ricola and made sure she was okay. I mean, Miles is a good guy, so... I hope so far he's a good guy. Miles says the right things. So he says, yeah, he says the right things. Like, okay, he's best friends with Woody. So, so, so for Karen at 
Miles with Miles's parents. It was Miles's parents and two of Miles's sister. Not a fan of Miles' mom. I thought the last one at the wedding with the dad was a shtick, but apparently it's not. You know, I have this thing where there are certain people usually where, you know, if it's single parents or single moms who are so attached to their children or their son, almost to the point where it seems like the son is their husband or something and then they get so mad when they get married and it's like oh i've lost him it's not cute it's not Not cute cute. and literally ruins marriages yeah so i don't know what mom's mom thinks she's doing but as if things couldn't get worse she from nowhere just asked her what do you feel about submission and i was just like ew oh i grew up in church at least twice a year maybe once a year there would be the submission sermon (laughs) And the thing about church is that they spend a lot of time twisting themselves in knots to try to make submission some sort of egalitarian thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, is, which is like the opposite of the word. Jesus says, wives, submit to your husbands. That's where this whole submission thing, I mean, I'm sure there's other parts of the Bible that address it to you, but that's the one that they like to stick with. Yeah. Karen was cool with it. And then there's the whole head neck thing, which I cannot believe that in the past like two weeks i've had to watch two reality tv shows talk about the head and the neck (laughs) in marriage (laughs) shout out to andre and lizzie on 90 day fiance i'm like (laughs) on one hand this is what i grew up with so it's interesting to see it on reality television on the other hand it seems like a lot of words to get to a concept that is not in keeping with the times I think for me, I was just confused because the person she's quote unquote supposed to be submitting to didn't seem to have gotten the memo because her dad doesn't seem to be on the same page as whatever page Ma's mom is on. Every time she's talking, this man is like, what? What are you saying? So which is why it was like when Karen jumped. She's just working on being the neck, Tang. She's just working on being the neck. When Karen walked in and Karen is like, I said walked in. When she jumped in, I was like, it's okay. I know what you mean because it's where I stand too. I'm like. Karen, how am I going to like this girl? I don't know where to go. But anyway, she understood. And they were on the same page. But Miles' mom continues to fight for the love of her son. You know, I'm so protective. Even his dad was like, oh my God. He's like, I'm very protective. And in the worst line of the entire episode, she says, I'm just protective about him. And I want to know if you feel like you can't do it, bring him back to me and I'll pick up the rest. The fuck does that mean? I was so pissed. It's just so strange to me because they came off so good last episode. And then this episode, Um, his mom looks crazy. No. And I don't like that they went straight to commercial. And I thought when they came back from commercial, they'll pick up from there. And that was it. That was literally how they just ended it. But then this is, I've never really seen on any season. Like we have all these conversations with the parents and all this other stuff. I've never really seen on any season that like family or parents. I've started watching season five and I can see, um, Anthony getting like a little annoyed with Ashley's sister. Can, can you think of a time where like the in laws were just way too much? Like they barely show them. Like Iris and Keith's parents talk to them one on one quite a bit, Charlotte. Yeah. But I didn't, they, I don't know. I don't see parents playing a huge part in these marriages on this show. Yeah, I agree. And when they do, it's just the, it's like a requisite. Like they're, they're required. 
it's time for you to talk to your parents. It doesn't seem like, because even when they're going through like the worst, they don't call. Well, they did have Elizabeth's dad, remember? He was the equivalent of whatever Miles' mom is doing. But he did that for like the first few episodes and then we, we are... never heard from him again. Yeah, we are in the first few episodes. So we might never. But that's what I'm him. saying. Like we spend all this time watching these people talk to all these parents. And then for the next seven weeks, we may see them once or twice. They will not be of huge import. Yeah. But yeah, after brunch, nothing really said. I think the only thing I had was I really hope Karen has a personality because I don't know. I can tell personalities. Even Olivia is giving me a personality. I don't know what I can tell you about Karen. She likes to submit. I don't know. She made that cute joke about the numbers. And the favorite thing I was like, is she serious? And then she was joking. It was funny. I am starting to warm up to Karen. You know what's funny? When she started, honestly, on brand for her, she wasn't going to give it to him. I was ready for her to be like, no, I just met you. I don't know if I'm safe with you yet. We could just talk through Instagram. And so when she said she was joking, honestly, it was a relief. I know it should be obvious she was joking. But honestly, with Karen, I I didn't know. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so then they all meet up well they all go back to the hotel to pack up their belongings to head out for the honeymoon highlights from that so we find out the location is mexico and aid has been interested to know who's sponsoring and it's hotel escarret yahoo so <laughs> that there is no way that was okay it's possible that they might have known because the black women on the show got their hair done every vacation i get braids Vacation braids are the best vacation like hairstyle, in my opinion. So if if someone tells me I'm traveling, I'm going to get braids. Yeah, which is why I said, you know, the black one might have known the location. But yeah, you're right. Like the chances are high that it was a tropical location and you're going to get into a pool. And they got their hair done. Karen had this cute big braids done and Amani got like the single box braids done. Oh, and- here's a question. Okay. I feel like the timeline is supposed to be they went to brunch then they got packed. Then they went to... There was another night in there. The braids, there was no time that they had time for brunch, time for braids, time to get to the airport while it's still light outside. I feel like they spent another night together. They might have spent another night, but I think what threw me off was when Miles walked into the hotel. He saw Karen and he was like, how was brunch? And oh, you got your... No, he said, oh, you got your hair done. And he said, how was brunch? So that was what threw me off. Unless the hair braider was... I could have believed that they could have gotten their hair braided that day, but there's no way that they then got to the airport when it was light outside. Yeah, that's true. So they might have gone the next day, probably. Because anyway. Amani and Woody had to change their clothes, the wife and hubby. But anyways, when I saw all the couples together, I clapped my hands in glee. I'm like, may the judging begin. Because honestly, there's the dark part of me that enjoys when they look at each other and compare where each other stands. <laughs> with their relationships (laughs) so it was fun i mean everything but i also noticed that um this season they're not a pda couple i haven't seen any of them like just kiss in public just randomly or just because it's just been you know we like interesting i had not noticed that there was no like touchy-feely pda couple yet Yeah, like i think in seasons past by this time they're giving each other like random kisses and all that like on the plane I have expected when they were all doing their private video that, you know, I was hoping Amelia and Bennett would just give each other a kiss and things like that. They didn't. But I, I noted that in um, Henry and Christina's video, when he was talking about his first international trip and going out, I was like, you just know Christina was dying and hoping Henry would say something about, I'm looking forward to getting to know her and getting to it. But he didn't. He just said, I'm looking forward to see all the things I can do. 
highlight. She was really leaning hard into like, this is your first international trip. This is your first international trip. I was so annoyed. I was annoyed at brunch when she was like, international travel in the first class cabin. As a person who has, you know, been a few places, I'm like, that's not the first thought that comes to my mind is how I get to the new places. I feel like the point of international travel is like, what happens when you get there? But she was just, she was almost like snobby about it. And I know they edited it to make sure that we got every single time she mentioned, he's never been out the country before. He's never been out the country before. But she was snobby about it. But that's where I said, I don't know where the line is between her bragging and if she's just saying murder just as a matter of fact like she doesn't mean to but it comes off that way that's what i meant earlier when she just goes on and on about it but at the same time i think it's also to fill up conversation because i don't think she's necessarily the best conversationalist i felt it was a little choppy you you could be the greatest conversationalist in the world and if you're talking to henry it's not gonna work but it was the conversation requires two people but it was with his family Oh, when he was, she was talking about first class. That was the first time she mentioned it. I gave her a pass. Yeah. <laughs> but then she just kept on mentioning, he's never been out the country. Oh, are you so glad it's your first time out the country? Oh, what are we going to do? It's your first time out the country. It felt really snobby. Like, oh, I've been to so many places and I have friends from all over the world. I don't know. And it was very shallow. Like, I was still waiting for her to say something about what you get from leaving the country. Yeah, it's like, are you doing it just to check the boxes and you can tell people you've been to these places? But what do you actually get out of it when you get there? But I think a highlight for me was the moment where they were pouring each other drinks and she poured the mezcal. And Henry innocently says, oh, this might be a stupid question, but is this the same as a mezcal meal? And, you know, this is really the moment Christina realized I am not with a cultured man and this is going to be something. For someone who's told us all the places she's been to, all the friendships places but i will say she handled it well to your point where she's saying like she sounded snobby she handled it well i felt like she was just like let me see if i can get some tequila in this man and maybe he'll start talking to me maybe i can learn something about him if i get him drunk but i mean i can say a nice thing about karen moving to karen i was like you can tell karen is comfortable she's more comfortable with miles we got a few more smiles and anytime i see them laughing together i like seeing that I will say that. But you can tell that she's, you know, getting comfortable. So hopefully she gets comfortable faster. But She's relaxing. She's getting to know him. Like, can you talk about Woody and the journal and knocking out notches? Yes, I can. Because I was about to say, I think Amani and Woody got the most um, screen time um, for the honeymoon. But that makes sense because we saw a lot of them last week on their first night. So Amani and Woody um, are just talking. He's sitting outside. She comes in the bathrobe. I think you can tell that Amani is very attracted to Woody and she's trying to hold herself back. Not quite sure why. I mean, maybe I know why. Maybe we know why. I don't know. But she's just trying to pace herself. So they start talking and she's like, oh, you know, we can take a bath together. Or she says that his looks are very flirty. And he's like, oh, is that bad with my wife? And it is flirty, but it's nice. It's how you build, you know, rapport and get to know each other. And then when she says we can take, he goes, oh, we can take a bath together. And she goes, no, but I have my, I still have my chastity belt on. And I liked how this was edited because then we get like a video diary of Woody telling us instances about how this chastity belt thing came on. I guess they've had a conversation where she said, She's not ready to have sex. And Woody says a couple of days ago, he was trying to do something and his thing, his journal fell out. And she's like, oh, what's that? And she goes, it's my journal. And I journal every day and I keep writing stuff in there. And she goes, oh, you've knocked a couple of notches off the 
chastity belt. Is that even correct English? I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. Going into that. She goes, that's one. And then he says another time he was just talking to her, talking about hashtag, what would be the hashtag, you know, um, for both of them and the Randall way. And she goes, oh, another one. You're getting looser. So he's like, so if I could do that, that he's figured out that the key to Amani is just him being him, which Aww. is pretty nice. And which is cute. And it's just like, you know, I'm just going to do me and not try to do anything else. Except that him being him seems like he's trying too hard or am I overthinking this i don't know i think you're overthinking i think we'd be trying too hard with other people but it's not for amani okay okay because the most important thing is like if she's comfortable so she talks to him about it and she goes up a little you know cuddles and then we can do we could be intimate but it doesn't have to be sexually but i did like the fact that they're talking it's so underrated like you're just talking about it so they're on the same level they know where they stand he knows you know not to be, you know, too pushy and where she falls and whatever. And then she asks him for a kiss and he gives her a kiss. And then that was how it ended. And I thought that was cute for both of them. What'd you think? Uh, very. They are very cute. And I was like, I know Bestos is kisses in Spanish, but now I know Dama and Un Bestos is give me a kiss. Okay. So I'm even up in my Spanish game. Getting Spanish games from marriage, Spanish language lessons from married at first sight. Exactly. <laughs> Olivia and Brett, nothing really happened with them. I no. will say this though. When she had her suitcase on the bed before they were leaving the hotel, I agree with that. It's not your bed anymore. The suitcase can go in the bed. That's all I got. <laughs> I think the only thing he had was when he said he wants to do something corny, like, um... Whatever. So the producers have told you that they're going to set up a dinner on the beach so they can sell this resort to everybody. Got it. <laughs> and then, I think I'm not giving people credit for what the producers do. <laughs> Um, Amelia and Bennett didn't have much, and I think it was a cute moment where both of them just jump into the river and the pool. Like honestly, and they were singing together as they were packing, and I thought it was cute. And then I was like, "Wait a second, you guys gonna sing together all season? I don't know if we can do that." <laughs> but it was cute when they were doing it when they were packing, and then she took her guitar. I liked how they looked like they were going backpacking while everybody else looked like they were going on an actual vacation because that really fits their vibe. <laughs> I know. Do you remember Ma's comment when he saw his bride? He's like, you know what? If this was anyone they were going to pair Bennett with, this is who it would be. Because <laughs> she had like this weird sunflower hat thing going on. And it was just, yeah, I'm curious to see what her personality is like. And I'm curious to see, I don't wish them to fight. If they do fight, I'm curious to see how that's going to go. Oh, we didn't talk about the whole residency thing. Well, he, he gave a good answer, which is basically like, I met her yesterday. Yeah. I'm not willing to pick up and move my life for some chick that I met yesterday. But we have eight weeks to decide if we'd like to still be married. And after that time, I might be so into her that I'm willing to pick up a move. That's the right answer. Yeah, I agree. Wow, we really talked a lot today. I know, we really did talk a lot today. No worries. But every week, we give a bouquet to our top couple or individual of the week and a burnt ashes award to the bottom couple and individual of the episode. So, eight. We get your bouquet this week. This might come as a shocker, but I'm going to give the bouquet to Karen's mom for having the quickest what? turnaround. She went from blah, blah, blah. You better treat my daughter right. Who are you? And then towards the end, she was actually very complimentary towards Miles. That was a shocker. <laughs> well, That's how I thought after I watched the episode. I was like, bouquet for the quickest turnaround. I swear. I swear at some point I will give this bouquet to a couple. One just hasn't done it for me yet. You don't have to. That's fine. I quite enjoy your bouquets not going to couples, so that's fine. Do you want to know who my bouquet goes to? Yes, I do, because it's not going to be Karen's mom, that's for sure. It goes to a couple, and I myself was surprised, but my bouquet goes to Olivia and Brent. For? 
I just really enjoyed seeing them together. I enjoy seeing Olivia happy. I enjoy them having um similarities and finding it out because they're actually having conversations. I enjoy how easy it was. Like it was it, even the things as simple as when he talked about the dinner, I know production or not. And she's like, yeah, oh, that would be cool. I don't know the simplicity of it all and the ease so far. Like I'm not thinking about the future or the past, just the now and what we watched. I really enjoy them. I think it's because, you know, letting go of all the baggage and letting go of everything. And the fact that what I thought about Olivia in the beginning is not what I think of her now. I also appreciate that. That's nice. So who's your burnt ashes? A couple of people. One, Mal's mom. Really? Two, Henry's dad. <laughs> and three, Bennett's sister. Brett's brothers. <laughs> um. So families. Collectively, the families got your burnt ashes. Trash. Yes. Uh, my burnt ashes was Christina and he's never left the country. <laughs> I was like, stop talking about it. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, we're going to hear more of it next week because they're probably going to be like, since he's never left the country and this is his first time out of the country, I figured I'll just help him, blah, 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 blah. I just don't, I don't believe that international travel is, much like sports fandom, international travel is not a personality trait. It's not. I agree with that. I feel like a lot of people have tried to make it like a personality trait. Like it's nice and it's something to do. And I know like, you know, in a, there's been a, a poll that came out. This, uh, not a lot of Americans have been outside the country. And I get where she's coming from. Like, it's just strange to her, which is fair enough. But I think production has something to do with that. Just reiterating the same thing over and over again. So we'll give her some slack on that. Look at me defending Christina. Yay, me. I'm so proud of you. All right, guys. That was all we had this week. But before we leave, we want to say thank you for those of you that have left us five-star ratings and also reviews. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. It's at AltaCall M-A-F-S. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. Uh, continue to leave us our five-star uh, rating and also leave a review for us. We appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe. We're available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. See you next week. Bye. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.